Welcome back to the Investigate podcast. It's your host, Arjun Paliwal, Head of Research at Investigate Buyers Agency. I've got some very, very exciting news to share with you all and also some more insights on today's episode. So the first exciting news to share with you is that 2023 Real Estate Business Awards have occurred and they bring together all the top real estate professionals around the country. Now, we've actually had a couple of years in a row, 21 and 22 not quite taking out the gold. We took out silver for buyer's agent of the year in 21 and buyer's agent of the year in 22. Now, 2023 was a different story. We actually took out gold for buyer's agency of the year in Australia for 2023. Now, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's been a part of this journey. Listening to the show, watching the show, uh, a client of ours referred someone to us, you know, liked a post, commented on a post, downloaded a research paper, talked about us to a friend, anything really. All of that adds up and it makes a big difference to how many more people we can help and how many more people we can showcase why we feel we're genuinely the best at what we do. And now the country has agreed and said that, hey, you guys are the best buyers agency in Australia for 2023. I'm super humbled by it, super grateful for it. But I just want to say a big thank you to everyone. Listen to the show as you've all played a key part in it. Now, if you're on your property investing journey and you're starting out, or maybe you're an experienced investor and you'll scale it further and you want the best on your side, well, reach out to the team at investikit.com.au and you can book in a free consultation. Now, there are limited slots. We only open up slots one to two weeks at a time because we see things book out pretty quickly and then we start to open up more as we get through them all. So just want to let you know, please do jump on it quick to be able to reach out to us for a free consultation. But we'll go through more about where you are currently, where you might be seeking help or what you're after and really unpack if we can help firstly and then more about what we do that's different that enable us to be the best buyers agency officially for 2023. Now, one of those clients who actually has had the benefit of using the service is jumping on the show today. His name's Ryan. Ryan's based out in Darwin and a physiotherapist who's been growing his career, but also growing his property portfolio. Me and Ryan met back in 2020 and over some time, he'd actually now started to get into investing back then. Pretty crazy time to get into investing, right? COVID's happening. That to his job is in physical sort of office one-on-one -on -one consultation. It was a nightmare for him, but hey, he stepped up and said, no, I'm going to invest. I'm going to invest in my future, figure work out. We'll get there. And it all happened in the end. Fast forward a few years, we've now purchased Ryan two investment properties. His partner's got the third. And together now, we're planning out how we get them their fourth investment property together. From Brisbane to Bundaberg to other parts of the country, he's seen national outperformance and over 300,000 in equity generated across the first two investments. They've been different look and feel, different ages, different materials. He still hasn't set his eyes on them in person and they've outperformed the national averages. So let's step right in, hear from Ryan, go back to when it all first started for him, the journey to date, what tips he has for people, what helped him on his decision-making journey and more. This is the end result of Ryan and his journey to scaling his portfolio. Ryan, great to have you on the show, uh, and that too, a fellow fellow Lakers fan as well. Uh, I was very strategic in picking a fellow Lakers fan. It's almost like we can basically turn this into a bit of a basketball show as well as, well as a property podcast today, right? If you want to spend 45 minutes talking about basketball, I am there. <laughs> well, mate, um, I guess for those who are tuning into the show, could you tell us a, a bit about yourself and a bit about your background? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, I work as a physiotherapist up here in Darwin. Uh, I've lived here for two and a half years now. We moved uh, during Melbourne lockdowns during you know COVID. We pretty much looked, how can we get as far as humanly away as possible from being stuck inside of your house? And uh, we've moved up here and have a looked back ever since. It's a pretty good lifestyle. The money's pretty good. The people are pretty good. So just enjoying living up here. And, and when it comes to... I guess property investing you wind the clock back can you remember that it was 2020 for you ryan like that was a year where everything was pretty crazy so when it comes to property investing and the journey with us at investigate what made you decide to venture into property investing yeah i think my journey probably even started two or three years prior to that trying to do a whole bunch of my own you know research getting on to guys like the property couch and my property investment show and some of those other podcasts i think really fed into some of my initial learnings and then when i started to look into companies maybe that was probably even a year before uh, we crossed paths um and trying to meet and greet and sort of see what people were about are you saying there was a year of due diligence on your on your boy here like that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty intense mate <laughs> There may have, may or might have been some scoping. I think it's one of the things where, you know, property can be such an expensive purchase and it's a pretty big life decision for, for most people to decide to buy a house that alone an investment property. So I think it was something for me that I really wanted to make sure I was sure about. So I try and do a lot of the behind the scenes and learn as much as I possibly could. And I think one of the things that really struck me when I started um, having conversations with yourself and um, we met up for coffee and we spent some time talking that it was just the real genuineness i know that investigate was a little bit smaller of a, a company back then when it was a bit more of a solo man operation but i think uh, one of the things that i got from from you or that was just the really genuineness or the openness with the conversations that we, we'd had together and sometimes when i'd met with um, other companies or with other agents it had felt i don't know if the right word is that you like a number or that it wasn't necessarily a person to person sort of contact whereas when every conversation i had with you it's like you're a real person who really wants to help other people like me to to do well to do well from wealth to do well in life and you know that was one of the things that really got me started just having some of the confidence in the conversations that we're having it was yeah it meant a lot and so that was more of an individual thought right our connection there but i guess one step before that what led you to think a buyer's agent specific could come in and help because you know, hey, there's so many swim lanes. Do it yourself, which is the majority, by the way. And then there's grab a buyer's agent to help you. And then there's go get educated, grab a course, all these different things. What was it about the whole, no, I'm into the buyer's agent to help me specifically? Yeah, of course. I, um, I've i uh, had friends and have had family that have bought, you know, other investment properties. And, you know, they say that they did this and, the, and they did that. And I think at the end of the day, it was something that just had really sat with right with me. I'd done... Um, my own research and um, I did a lot of my own study to try and work out what I thought was going to be the best decision and I learned, looked lots into the numbers, looked at different areas, read lots of books and I think still even after the you know the hours that I put into it I still thought I think that someone else can make this decision better than what I can and um, someone with your experience and with your knowledge and tools and skill set I said I was very quite happy to pay someone else to do that it was just about trying to find the right person and uh, once i'd made that decision then it was yeah it, i guess in most respects smooth, smooth sailing from there <laughs> well mate you were a first-time investor back then but you're not a first-time investor now but I, I do want to take you back to that point as a first-time investor 
what were your initial fears or concerns about property investment and how did these views change after you actually purchased your first property? I think the biggest concern for me initially was probably just about, you know, money, about trying to find, you know, a good deal and trying to make sure that I didn't overspend or I didn't make a bad decision. You know, you sometimes can hear, you know, sensationalized stories in the media about such and such area down 40% or this one, people have, you know, lost all this money. And sometimes I think as a first time investor, you almost get a little bit overwhelmed or a bit scared to make, you know, a decision. I think that's where one of the things in those early stages, having someone like yourself who had been through all that before could be really reassuring. You know, I think was thinking back to when we were looking at different properties. I know that we looked in parts of South Australia, I looked in different parts of Queensland. And um, even just the fact that we were looking in interstate was a little bit like, oh, you know, hang on, what's going on here? We, I was thinking maybe, you know, somewhere within the state, I could still go and look and have that real tangible sense, you know, of the property where I was really worried about making sure, okay, is this, you know, some sort of dodgy deal? What about the photos if they're not right? Whereas now, for me, that's some of those things aren't as much of a concern anymore. How many times have you actually seen your investment property since you've purchased it? Because that was the first thought, right? <laughs> zero. I have seen uh, both of my properties zero times. I've seen photos many times. I've seen a couple of different um, videos, but I have, yeah, physically never been in that person. Never. <laughs> it's on the list of things to do, but I'm happy with what's going on. So uh, it doesn't necessarily phase me. Was that something that changed the day you settled? Or was that something that, that changed in your mindset of, hey, I've got some results from my property and now I just not need to realize that it's not about that. When did it change for you? It might have been maybe six months or three months down the track after I'd settled because even then, you know, when you have your, some of your first loan repayments go through, I'm like, okay, triple check, make sure the money's there, um, have a look at my phone, has it gone out of my pay today? Uh, I think that once I'd had some of the rent come through and that we did the revaluation, it's like, hey, Ryan, we just did the revaluation, your property's gone up 50 grand. I'm like, what? You know, I've... But I haven't done anything. I've just let the property sit there. They've paid me to live in the house and it's, I've made 50 grand. Like I think once I had some of the results come through, I'd really put a lot of my apprehension at ease more than it already had been, obviously through working together and running a lot of the decision and thought processes um, by you having some of the revaluations done was like, well, okay, this is, this is working. You know, I've, I've made a, a good decision here. Now, before I go into my next question, what you've just touched on there is something really powerful. Like, it's crazy how good results and bad results can shape simply the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years of your life. Like, if you'd had a couple of bad results immediately in your mind, you might have been turned off investing, turned off going outside of your comforts, uh, turned off going down the pathway of property, and that could have held back many times. But all it took was one result and all of a sudden you decided, well, why don't I try and do this as quickly as possible as again and again and again. So it's such a good point that you raise around having that first good result to eliminate those things. Now, that's a key point just for those listening to get that first one right because then that way it does instill the confidence like it did for yourself. Now, Ryan, when it comes to investing, obviously you went outside your home state, which we just talked about. What made you decide and go, no, look, I'm ready to invest in properties outside of my home city and I guess, can you tell me about any challenges or surprises you experienced while going through that process and decision? I think for me, it was coming back to try and make, uh, get the best, absolute best opportunity that I could. You know, at that particular time at Melbourne, going through um, lockdowns and even starting to explore, uh, when we were in the process of trying to finalise, you know, the contract, 
I uh, was in the process myself of moving. I, I had, at the time I didn't necessarily have a job, and I'd moved to Darwin. Um, and we we're trying to finalise, you know, a, a lot of those processes. So then, me trying to make a good decision on that respect, I put it down to having a lot of my own research and understanding myself, and knowing at that particular point in time that Melbourne, you know, my home state, wasn't necessarily having the best rental yields, wasn't having necessarily the best indicators for capital growth, whereas when the more that we spoke and the more that we looked at the numbers, interstate seemed to be, you know, the best decision. And looking back on the last two, three years of data, because we have that now through <laughs> through some hindsight, it, you know, ended up being a pretty good decision. Well, on the good decision front, you obviously purchased a property in Brisbane. That was the first one. And that was back in 2020, COVID craziness, how you still not only decide to make your decision, but it was the first decision you made, like the first time to invest and you were watching the TV going, hmm, I might never be able to leave my house or do work again, but sounds good. Let's get a property. Let's get a property, guys. Let's make it happen. And I'm going to pay some bloke to go and do it for me. Like that was pretty crazy. But I guess if you if you look at that decision, you bought that for high 400s, which just seems like an absurd price in Brisbane now, right? And then in terms of just never being attainable. And now that property is valued at over 700000 So that's coming to just under $300,000 in equity growth. When you look at that, Ryan, I do want to point out one thing. The property is not the prettiest looking property in all honesty, right? So when you do consider that, have you taken this journey and reflected on it and I guess got some tips for people in terms of certain do's and don'ts when picking property now that you realize there was a I guess, decision matrix you had before going into this and now you've got decisions and what to do after making these decisions, right? I think that one of the things initially that I was looking at was trying to look at a house that I would really, really want to live in. So I'm like, you know, looking at the bedrooms and looking at the outdoors. I'm thinking, okay, that garden's a little bit long here. This fence has, you know, fallen over a little bit here. But, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of those things are only, you know, small or only cosmetic, you know, that they can be changed or fixed up or you know, re-updated that coming back to some of the decision-making processes that you want to look a little bit more closely at the numbers with, you know, like things like you talk about with SA3 regions or with particular suburb data or rental years, whatever, some of the factors that, you know, you go over in, in some of the reports and looking at this decision-making, you know, as a whole and not getting too tied up in the in the nitty-gritty. Because I think if it's something that initially I was, okay, too fixated on the particular things and something might cross a property off or cross something off in my mind and I think you end up just going around in circles, you know, through, uh, it's something that sometimes they talk about in podcasts through, you know, analysis paralysis that you just overdo it and you just keep going around in circles. And um, I think that having someone like yourself uh, run through and say, hey, what do you think about this? And you're just, you know, firing off all these ideas. I'm like, okay, I like that. That sounds good. Let's go through that. Some of the decision-making process now I think I have is a lot more, more than I did already, you know, confidence and respect in saying that I know a little bit about these things, but Someone else knows more, and I'm, you know, happy to pay someone else to uh, help make me make a better decision. <laughs> well, that that was a, a decision that seemed to move pretty quickly because it didn't take long for you to go from, "Hey, I'm on board," to "Let's go get a place." But now I want to talk the transition from the first to second because this decision making seemed to very much stay on that same train of thought. Can you share with us, I guess, the experience of making multiple property investments because that second property was the next year in 2021 and or 21 going into 22 and you'd purchased a property in Bundaberg. Now, 
that was a fast decision you'd made. You were comfortable. Can you share us with the experience of making multiple property investments and I guess quick succession, the decision making around that, even though still, I think you just come off lockdown 2.0 and the longest in the world in Melbourne. Uh, what changed for you there in that decision making to go, no, I'm ready for it again and I just want to go and get it done? I think um, given the how good results that we had out of the first property, it gave me more confidence to make the decision on the second one. And, you know, I think that um, one of the things that I keep coming back to is that, you know, property is a long game. You try and make the best decision for that particular window. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're looking for something that's going to help you out, not necessarily in five years or 10 years, but you look at it, you know, 15, 20, 30 years down the track. And, you know, at the end of the day, the results and the numbers that we were looking at added up. And I was like, okay, this looks like good value. The numbers sound good to me. You're happy with the area. And I didn't have as much of questioning or second thoughts about it. My thought process was, let's make it happen. You know, I guess sometimes, you know, some people take it the other way and they uh, get uh, really worried about missing out, you know, and that sometimes can go too far the other way about making a, a poor decision in that respect, just because you're so worried about the property, you know, flying through the roof and you've got to get in at the ground and stuff like that. I think when you keep coming back to the numbers and the data and basing your decision around some of the logics around it, it's um, can be pretty hard to go wrong. Yeah, well, when we were chatting recently, it actually just reminded me of uh, a particular client discussion I had. And we went through this like chain of decision making. And then when we got to the end, they're like, why would I say no? And I, I found that really interesting. Like, I'm like, well, we're presenting it because we have to present it and we can't sign a contract of sale for your behalf. And that's kind of why. And then they're like, yeah, but why would I say no? I'm like, it's a good question. I don't know why you would. And they're like, cool. Well, you know the answer. Share it to me for your peace of mind and get my approval in an email. But I won't say no. And I thought about it. I took a step back and I was like, that was actually a really good point. And so I thought to myself, let me just deep dive the process of getting to presenting a property to a client, which will remind you of a lot of you know, your journey. Step one was understand their current holdings goals through a mapping session and really get an idea of where they're trying to head to. Step two is provide them the research that's approved by a data science team and look at going, hey, these areas make sense and consider it in line with their portfolio. Step three was we knew the purchase price maximum and the rental yield minimum. Step four was we only presented a house that had 21 points of due diligence that ensured they weren't buying on a main road, too much public housing, uh, floods, and all these other things. And then shared comparable sales, so you know where it's going to price, comparable rents, so you know what am I rent for, a cash flow sheet, the ins and outs, and then lastly, our final summary of why we like it, why we don't, some pros and cons, with a video on the ground, boots on the ground, to pick this up. And then if you get it, you get it, you don't, you don't. And I just ran through that milestone, and I was like, Ryan, that's literally what we did. And there's a reason why you never said no, because it's just like this pattern of cutting decisions to make that decision making easier. So it's such a good point you raised because I think when people are on this journey, you want to buy your investment properties in such a way that when you have such levels of checks from top to bottom, you can just say, why would I say no? And you live with the decision, whether you got it or you didn't get it and you move on to the next. So very powerful in terms of explaining that decision making process from your side, Ryan. Now, when it comes to I guess, just the final thoughts and advice for some aspiring investors. When you look back, what has been the most rewarding part of your property investment journey so far? You purchased two properties, you're a first-time investor and very quickly, 
you're now a multi-property owner. And actually, your partner and yourself, uh, if you pull, pull that all together, there's three properties and you're now considering how you get to your fourth. So it's pretty inspirational. But when you look back, what's been the most rewarding part of the journey so far? I think for me, one of the big ones was where we were doing the I forget what the terminology is, but the property mapping session or the money mapping session where you look at what your goals are and you look at your property purchases and your finances and your assets and your debts and you weigh a lot of that um, stuff up and you try and map out, okay, this is where it could be in five years and this is where it could be in 10 years. And I think for me, having some of that delayed gratification around, okay, if we do our best and we stick to the plan and we try you know, our absolute hardest and we have at the end of the day, we've got this result, which might be a below average result. We've got this day result, which could be, you know, somewhere in the middle. And then we've got this one that was, you know, the perfect scenario. If everything maps out perfectly, we have really good levels of capital growth. And I think for me, you know, the, the most rewarding part was about seeing what our lives could be like if it goes, you know, if it goes 100%, even if it goes, you know, they're not necessarily the best outcome and it goes only to 70%, it was still an amazing outcome in terms of um, our overall capital growth and, you know, as just to share, I think the scenario for us was trying to retire at 45 with three or four properties under our belt paid off. And that scenario for me to have that financial freedom at the age of 45 is something that, yeah, even just thinking about now gives me a little tingles. <laughs> well, man, if, if tingles are coming from you watching the Lakers at no, no worry about running to work and... Uh, you're seeing uh, LeBron James Jr. will be there in 20 years, obviously being like retiring and stuff. So it's very special. And I'm glad that I think what you've just pointed out there is your ability to look at the future state, wind it back and just see that this is all a journey, not an outcome and not a deal in isolation. And now if you think about it, yourself and Loz have uh, three properties into that four-part plan. And so it doesn't sound like you're too far away and you're well on your way to hitting a pretty important milestone for you and the family. One of those things now where because we've obviously had such good experiences with yourself, it's like, okay, how do we go again? You know, how do we, part of moving to Darwin's about income, okay, how do we increase our borrowing capacity? Do we have to do extra study and just trying to continue that journey along thinking that, okay, it's not like it's a six-month or one-year time frame. Like I said, we're looking into the future. How do we want our lives to be? And hopefully looking not too bad so far. <laughs> Awesome, mate. Well, hey, thank you so much for sharing your journey. Uh, the first time investor transitioning to a multi-property investor. And most importantly, I think what you've shown is the importance of having a team around you, having some goals mapped out, and then just executing when you need to execute so you can hit a goal rather than being so lost in the micro decisions, the back and forth. And as you said, the paralysis analysis. Now, just hearing that, it's important to also step back and go that you know, you've seen a lot of fundamentals shift and you've probably seen some of the worst times and the best times, right? You've seen over 300,000 in equity growth over the two properties. Property one was under 500K in purchase. Property two was under 400K in purchase. So you've also busted some myths around affordable investing, the right yields and growth. And lastly, in my opinion, you've also showed the importance of diversity, not having to see a property before you buy it. And, and being able to now start turning this into a, a long-term plan. So, mate, very inspired by your journey and no doubt we'll be uh, catching up again and seeing that growth happen even further. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Hey, I look forward to when uh, we'll go to a lucky game together. Done. Clyde, client entertainment, tax deduction, let's go. <laughs> now, nah, just a joke, everyone, by the way, for anyone who's uh, reviewing that. <laughs> uh, catch up soon, Ryan. Thanks again. Nah, thanks, Ben. Talk to you soon.